Hi everyone. Welcome to Champagne and Planning. I'm Eliza, owner of Eliza Jane Events. And today I'm here to talk to you about all things weddings as always, but I want to specifically touch on DIY weddings, pros, cons, what that actually means. And then I also want to talk to you about the difference between the DIY, middle of the road, a luxury wedding, um, and where all this fits into the wedding planning process, because I think there's a lot of things that people aren't thinking about. So today on the podcast, let's start off with my very first wedding that I ever did. And I always go back to my sister's wedding. Uh, it was for about 500 people. It was in a barn um, and it was beautiful. Let me start there. Okay. It was beautiful. And for a DIY 500 person barn wedding, it was well put together. The logistics were great, but there were still some challenges. Okay. So a few things I want to touch on here. This was before I got into the wedding planning scene. Something about this made me later be want to become a wedding planner. Um, but let's talk about your family. So on day of, your family has so many things going on. And I hear this for DIY weddings, for non-DIY weddings, where maybe it's the mother of the bride or a close family member that says, hey, I'm going to do all the floral. Or, oh, I, um, you know, I plan parties. I'm going to put together all the decor. I am not saying that your aunt, your mom, your family friend, your maid of honor doesn't have excellent party planning skills. They likely do. Um, and if they want a job, come talk. Okay. I want to talk about the fact that they have a different role to play on wedding day. Okay. So in the morning, you're getting your hair and makeup done. Oftentimes breakfast has to be set up, some little snacks, coffee, Families coming in, loading your dress in, uh, getting you there, and then they're getting their own hair and makeup done. That process roughly takes, you know, 45 minutes for hair and makeup, 45 minutes to like an hour, uh, depending on the styles. And so they have roughly about two hours of just getting ready for themselves that has to be worked into the planning process. Then when we're talking about the, the timeline in the morning, we have things like maybe you're getting your dress on and maybe a mom or sister or friend is in those photos. Then maybe there's some uh, bridal party photos or individual family photos prior to the ceremony. All of these things are happening in the morning. Well, what's also happening in the morning is setup of your venue space or your private property. And so that's a lot of roles for a family member to play. And I always joke that our couples absolutely love our services, but the biggest thank you that we typically get is from the family members. We'll get a hug from them. We'll say, thank you. We couldn't have done this without you. I don't know how I would have uh, been mom today and also been decorator. And so those are kind of the starting pieces that I want to, to kind of bring to the table and have you think about. Do you want that special family member setting up your venue, trying to steam your linens, trying to do the floral, trying to make sure everything is how you envisioned it, while they're also feeling rushed because they know they have to get their hair and makeup done at 10 o'clock 
And then on top of it, after they do their hair and makeup, maybe they'll still have to finish a few things up in the space. And so now those roles start to get really mixed. Okay. So I want to start there and just say, I understand where DIY comes into play. We used to do, uh, we used to help with a lot of day of coordination and things like that. You'll always hear me say, I don't believe in day of coordination. Well, here's the reason why. Day of coordination, I come in too late to the process. And some planners do it really well and, and props to you. But I do think there's still a little bit of disconnect, right? I always say if you give a presentation um, that you didn't prepare, that would be really challenging. So we always say, hey, come in a little bit earlier to the process. That's why you'll see us our, advertise our partial planning packages. That way we can come in a few months prior, make sure that you have the things you need, make sure you're on the right track, and still provide the day of coordination that you need. So that's still included in our packages, but you can't just show up on day up. You can't even show up the month before and try to execute someone else's vision. You just don't have an understanding for it. So a few points there. Let's go back and talk about things people don't think about. So we touched on DIY. Now we're going to get into some of the things that people we see in both spaces, DIY and luxury, that they're not thinking about when it comes to planning. You've seen this one on my Instagram. You probably know what it's going to be. That first one is steaming the linens. We are in many luxury spaces, venues that are starting off at, you know, 50K. Uh, maybe the food and beverage minimum is 50K. There's an additional 50 on that. Um, so we're not in spaces that, you know, are, are 500 bucks to rent out, right? You walk into the venue that morning and oftentimes the venue coordinator is taking care of making sure the catering team is set, the venue team is set, tables, chairs are out, and oftentimes linens are placed depending on your venue. Those linens, we work with a bunch of rental companies, we work with a lot of venues, those linens are great, but they still were hanging on a hanger, they were still folded, and they have large creases in them. I've even seen a couple of them that look like they've just come out of a gym bag. Not great. So now you've spent thousands of dollars on floral. You've spent thousands of dollars on rentals and all these other special elements. You have your favorite pressed, a uh, letter pressed menu card and beautiful place cards. And you spend so much money on candles, but your linen is wrinkly. And I have seen this across the board. So this is not just one spot. Who's going to steam those linens? Stay up. It's not going to be you. It's likely not going to be your family. And it's likely not going to be the venue coordinator because they have 80 other things going on. It also takes a couple hours to do steaming. You'll see our team. Usually I staff the heaviest in the morning during setup. Because we may only have a certain number of hours to get that space photo ready. And so we will bring in all four of our industrial steamers. And we'll have four girls there in the morning getting through those 20 tables. And it still might take us an hour and a half just for steaming alone. And that's before we can do anything else with those tables. So that's one piece of it. Okay. Steaming linens. The second piece is who's going to set up those elements in the morning, such as your coffee bar, your mosa bar, 
uh, your bagels, anything. Don't judge me for how I say bagel. If you say bagel, then uh, go ahead and turn the podcast off. I'm just kidding. Um, All right. So anything that you need set up in the morning, who's going to be doing those things? This is a nice task to uh, delegate to a maid of honor or bridal party member. Okay. So it doesn't always have to be a planner, but that is something that we can take care of on your behalf. Another item would be letting people into the getting ready space. I know this sounds like a simple one, but you have a lot of people coming in in the morning. You have hair, makeup, your bridal party, photographers, videographers, florists, bringing bouquets. Who is going to be the point person for all of that traffic coming into the space? Some of the bridal suites at one of the venues we have, you need a key to get into the the bridal suite. So is a bridal party member going to be dedicated to that or would it be a planner? Those are things you need to think about. Another one would be transporting floral. We have a lot of uh, couples that are getting ready in one space. They are doing maybe a first look in another. They are having a ceremony at another location and wedding at a different location. So say you're getting ready at the Strathallen and then, and that's where your bouquets need to be, right? Because your photographer is going to come and take some detail shots. And then from there, you're going to go to your first look, maybe over at George Eastman house. Who's taking all the floral? Because you have your dress and you're going to need help with that. Um, getting help, getting into a vehicle. Someone needs to be taking all of the bouquets. Someone needs to make sure that they have the rings when the photographer is done with them. Uh, the vows, if you have vow books, the marriage license, which hopefully you took care of at the rehearsal. Um, you know, but there's a lot of elements to make sure that you have before you get into the space of Going on to the next uh, first look, now we've got to get the bouquets out. We still have to dry off all the ends. The number of times on a wedding day that we've dried off the ends of flowers because we don't want them to go all over the bridesmaid's dresses. We don't want them to go all over your dress. Um, So at each space, we're drying off the ends of the flowers. You also don't want to leave them out of water because they're going to die. Cut stems need to be in water. So there's all of these little intricacies that I just, I I always see that couples are not really thinking of for day up, okay? We talked about steaming linens. We talked about the bouquets. What about steaming your dresses? And we talked about linens that look like they've come out of a gym bag. Sometimes it's usually the bridesmaid's dresses. Maybe they traveled in for the wedding. They have not opened that dress since it came out of the uh, bag from wherever they ordered it from, Bertie Gray, uh, Amazon, a dress shop. They just haven't taken it out of the bag. So we pull it out and it's wrinkly. Um, And that impacts your photos at the end, right? Do you want to have all your girls in wrinkly dresses or do you want them all to be steamed? So what we do is in the morning after we've gone through a little bit of setup, before your photographer gets there, we're going to come in, steam all of your bridesmaid's dresses, steam your dress, steam mother of the bride dresses. We're going to go over to the guy's side. We're going to steam any suits or anything that needs it there. Um, And so who's going to be doing that again, morning of the wedding? 
And with all of this, I'm not, again, I'm not saying you have to hire a wedding planner. I trust me. I would love to work with you. Uh, our team does an amazing job and you know, I, I would love to take care of all of these items for you, but these are things that you just at least need to think about who is going to be doing that. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, turn over to the unexpected. We had a wedding, this is a couple months ago, where a couple built a sign. Uh, this happens often, especially for our partial planning packages. Maybe they're building something. It, it was a gorgeous sign that they had built. Um, they thought through as many logistics as they could have. Unfortunately, um, the mirrors that they had, the stand they had built for the mirrors was uh, rather thin. And when the door to the venue had been opened, it was a really heavy door. Some of these venues have really heavy doors and it's kind of like a wind gust. And we had it in the place that it was going to be for the reception. And uh, during setup, one of the doors opened and I heard it and my heart sank, um, but the mirror shattered. And it was a moment. Um, it it was tough. It was really, really tough. My first instinct, I'm always a problem solver. So I went over, I stayed calm. I asked one of the other girls to get a broom. Um, we cleaned it up and we now need to transition to what's our next step here. How do we keep the vision? make sure it still looks stunning and beautiful. Uh, we also need to bring this to the couple now at some point during their day, explain what had happened and deal with that, right? So there's a lot of intricacies when we're doing something like that. And that's also something that we never want to happen. We never want to see something shatter on wedding day. We never want to see those unexpected. But the unfortunate part of it is you can plan and plan and plan. But we always say, no matter how much you plan, even with having a planner, there are things that happen on wedding day that we don't always know um, until it happens. And then we have to pivot. We have to come up with a new plan. And I always say, uh, <laughs> I had a, when I was first starting off, I had a boss, uh, not a great boss, by the way, um, who always used to say, bring me solutions, not problems. And again, it wasn't the best working environment. Um, so it's interesting that I always quote that. And if you're tuning in and a few uh, other, actually a few other wedding planners in the industry used to work with me at this job and you'll know uh, what I'm talking about. but. Although that situation and that boss wasn't the best, that always stuck with me. Bring me solutions, not problems. And that's the mindset that I have when something goes wrong on wedding day. I could go to the bride and I could say, hey, just so you know, this mirror shattered. What do you want to do? But that puts the problem on them. And now they're freaking out and panicking. And oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Or I can come up with a solution. I can go to them and say, hey, I wanted to let you know, here's what happened. I've developed this solution. I think it's an excellent one. Are you okay with us moving forward? And there's still that moment of, oh, wow, can't believe that. But they know that I have it handled. They know that we're doing something to mitigate that issue. 
And so that's something that I want you to think of is who on wedding day is going to be handling those unexpecteds? Because if you're thinking it's going to be the venue coordinator, they're coming to you for those answers. Hey, this happened. What do you want to do? Hey, we're short this many chargers. I know you, you got the quantity that you thought was right, but we're short. What do you want to do? And you think this doesn't happen, but it does all the time. It happens more so with partial planning clients we see. Um, and, and even less now because we review everything so meticulously. But a lot of times, couples will order something. They think they ordered the right quantity. We get there. We count it. It's wrong. We have to figure out how we're going to get 20 more beaded chargers to the wedding and fix it all without them knowing. So there's things that a wedding planner can take care of and kind of do behind the scenes that you may not you may not even know are happening. That's how we like it. We want to you know bring you a solution to that. But that's a, something you should think about uh, when considering you know who's going to be part of the day of, who's going to be taking care of setup, who's going to be managing those aspects for you. All right, so we've talked about a lot so far, and I. You're probably a little overwhelmed and you may be thinking, oh, I I wasn't thinking of that. I I don't know who's going to do that. Um, That's okay. We're here to help. And always uh, feel free to email questions in the podcast. So you can email info at Eliza Jane events. If you have questions, submit them there. Shoot me a DM on Instagram with questions that you want answered during the podcast. And I'm always happy to do that. All right. I want to talk about another issue that we see. You have had a few meetings with your venue. You've discussed your floor plan, how you envision things for day of. And the venue oftentimes has quite a few weddings throughout the year, more than, say, a wedding planner would take on. Some venues are taking on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday wedding. Other venues are taking on one per weekend, but that's still a lot um, when you want your wedding to be the main focus. So let me explain to you how it works within a venue. I think couples sometimes think that, oh, they have an inside coordinator at a venue. They're going to take care of everything. To some extent, that's true. They are going to try to execute your vision. They are more of what we would call day of coordinator. Um, But they haven't been with you through the whole process. They don't understand the things that you love and the things that would make you cringe. They haven't heard your concerns about wedding day. Um, They may have heard, you know, a few things of where you want things placed. But let me tell you right now, um, and this is from personal experience. So. As many of you know, I was married before, and in my first wedding, I had everything planned out, right? I was in the wedding planner space. I knew what I wanted. I was very involved in the process. And I remember coming into my wedding venue for this setup, and there was a few things that weren't how I expected them. I had had the dessert table planned for one area, and it was in a totally different area. There was a few other items that I, you know, was a little confused by or, you know, thought that it was going to be different because we had discussed those things and they weren't. And I'm not sure where it slipped. It could have slipped in a handoff between a coordinator. 
it could have slipped in a, they had a lot of weddings going on and they were a venue that took on weddings back to back to back. And so, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep the details straight. I'm not sure where it was, but I do know that my team at the time was very involved. Um, So I had, you know, I had basically planned everything. And then my team, some of my team members were helping with setup and making sure things were going smoothly. And one of them, one of them came up to me and said, Hey, Eliza, you know, the dessert table is not where you had envisioned it. You know, what do you want to do about this? And I said, no, I definitely want it in that space. Like I picked that space because I thought through the photos in that space and us cutting our cake there and what that was going to look like. And um, I thought about it for lighting and how the light was coming in the windows and what I wanted for photography. So yeah, I definitely want us to move the dessert table. And so they spoke to the venue and said, oh, that's where we always put it. And oh, well, we want it over here. And eventually it got moved. It was fine. But here's the thing. I had discussed this with the venue. I had put these plans in place. But if I didn't have someone advocating for me on day of that, Eliza, that's not what you had envisioned. We need to change this. Then I would have walked into the reception later on. And I would have been a little frustrated with where the dessert table was. Um, and so that was something that was, it was interesting. You know, it was, it was an issue that I had. And as a wedding planner, I wanted everything to be perfect. And so if you're one of those people that you know, you, you've laid out this beautiful plan in your head and you want to know that someone has your back, that you have the trust in them to execute it, that's where you should bring in an outside person. Because we want to know that we're making the right decisions on your behalf. We want to know that, hey, I'm so sorry, but I've had conversations at length with the bride and this is not how she wants it. So those are things to be mindful of. Okay. I had a venue one time. This is a different story. And again, sharing some stories because I think these are, are helpful tools for you to understand and you can visualize it a little bit better. I had a venue that put the cake table in front of an exit sign, a fire extinguisher and something else. And it would, they claimed it was where they had always put it. Can you imagine what that would have looked like in the back of the photos for cutting their cake? Such a big moment of the wedding day. And they didn't even think about the placement of this. I had another venue where they put the table, uh, the sweetheart table, and it was in direct sunlight. And the whole entire time, the couple had sun in their eyes and we ended up having to move the table. I know you think, well, some of these are unexpected. Yes, but also some of them aren't. If you bring in an outside planner, these are the things we look for. We have time to focus on all of the minute details. All of my team goes through a full training on how to space things. How do we space all of the tableware? If you see sometimes when a catering team uh, sets a table, they're not looking at the details. And actually, I've worked with a few catering teams. And uh, because, you know, when you're first starting out, everybody does a little bit of side work. And so early on, I had worked with a caterer and I said, hey, you know, uh, these napkins are really wrinkly or, Hey, uh, this plate is a different color than this plate. And you know what the caterer said to me? They said, Eliza, I understand your concern because that's your space and you're concerned about those things, but that's not something for us. That's a high priority. Our job is to provide the food. 
And that always stuck with me. And and this is not a caterer that uh, we work with on a regular basis. Um, but that stuck with me because I don't think that's true at all. I think that every single wedding vendor, yes, we have our spaces that we work in, but I think we need to have a well-rounded view of the whole entire day. And so when I look at a tablescape and I see a different color plate, or I see a different color glass, or um, I see a chip in a glass or a wrinkly linen or something's not placed correctly, or you know, a million things, you can bet I'm changing it. And we have this process called final details. All the girls get trained on final details. And that's where we go through probably about 70 times is what it feels like. Um, when we do a final details in the beginning of the day, where we just go through and make sure everything kind of looks right. We do a final details like midday, uh, maybe before photographers um, getting in that space where we check again and make sure all spacing is correct. Every single table has this, 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 and this. Does every single place setting have two forks and a knife and a spoon and the other spoon and a glass and a champagne glass and a butter plate and the favor and the napkin and the charger? And you know how many times while we've been going through final details, we find a little thing that needs to be corrected? And so we do this process because we want your space to be as perfect as it can be. For when the photographer comes in, you will see this on Instagram quite a bit, um, and it makes me cringe. All the time, I see photos posted, and there's a candle that is leaning against the, like a taper candle leaning against the vase. It's crooked. Something weird's going on in the photo. There's a beer bottle in the back of the photo. I don't know. Just, just strange stuff. And I think to myself, if only they had someone to go around and do final details before a photographer came through to take pictures of the space, they would have recognized that that wasn't right. Um, and we have this thing called photo ready by this time. In our timelines, we always, it's usually about two o'clock, uh, depending on ceremony time. But we have a thing photo ready by two o'clock. That means that by two o'clock, we want to have that space ready to go so that your photographer can come in, get all of the detail shots before they have to go and do your other photos. And so that you have really nice stylized photos of the space and all the decor that you've put so much work into planning. Because oftentimes that floral budget may be really expensive or that table decor, uh, you know, maybe a lot of work went into that. And those little elements that you want captured throughout the day, we also want uh, people to see. So there's a few items there that you can think about when it comes to the day of. Who is going to do those things? Are you going to um, designate it to a bridal party member, to a family member? to an outside friend, to a wedding planner. We always recommend wedding planner is the best option so that your family doesn't have to stress and take time away from the role that they have to play on wedding day. Um, but you need to think about these things. I know I've covered so much content. And also this episode was just myself. I would love to hear your feedback on uh, how it was listening to me for 40 minutes. Um, 
but I like this format and I really am excited for this uh, new season of the podcast. Um, we have a few episodes of just myself. We have a few episodes with Shauna from SLZ, who is an excellent resource. Um, so she'll be joining me for a couple podcast episodes as well. Um, I think she's a, a great um, piece of knowledge in the industry. I, I just think, you know, there's so many wedding vendors um, that really have a full view of what's going on on wedding day. Uh, Rich Cranston from um, Encore Events is another one. There, there's so many others. So I don't want to just name drop and then and then people say, oh, you forgot me. But there's so many vendors that we're going to have come through here occasionally. Um, but the, the format moving forward will be, you know, myself giving you some insight, taking questions from people and uh, going from there. I do want to take time. We had a couple questions come through on Instagram. And so I want to start off uh, with this first one. Um, so there was a question and um, this came from Blanca uh, and Kahlo. Sorry if I butchered that um, on Instagram. And they asked, how do you go about booking weddings through your website? I'm going to take this from two point of views, because I think this was a vendor that asked this. So um, first, I want to talk about the vendor process. Wedding uh, booking for me is a whole process. Um, so first and foremost, clients may interact with us on many different platforms. Maybe it's through Instagram, Facebook, maybe it's through our blog or Pinterest. Um, so we have a lot of different spaces that we interact. Maybe it's through this podcast here that you stumbled across. Um, so if you get to this point and you say, Hey, we want to learn more, you would want to go to our website and fill out our inquiry form from there. Um, after you fill that form out, it's going to ask you a few questions. We're going to check the date, see if we're available. And if we are, then we're going to send back over our pricing guide. It's going to go through a variety of things, pricing, frequently asked questions, a little bit more about myself and our process. Um, and then at the end of that, if you've looked that all over, you say, you know what, this feels like it would, it may be a good fit. There's going to be a link to set up a call. Okay. From there, we do an inquiry call. We're going to talk through my process. I'm a very visual person. So I'm going to walk you through our checklists and, and all of those things. Um, but I want to touch on it from the vendor standpoint. So if there's any vendors that have tuned into this, a couple things here. I use HoneyBook. I cannot say enough great things about HoneyBook. Um, it is a CRM platform for uh, wedding professionals. And we just feel like it really helps us to streamline our process. So our form is co uh, connected directly to HoneyBook. We also use HoneyBook scheduling for our calendar. That way clients don't have to wait and hear from us. Of Like they send an email of, hey, how, you know, when can we meet? Then we send an email back. Here's our available times. It's like too much back and forth. So we um, have them schedule right through HoneyBook, which is synced to our calendar and lets them know all of the availability that we have coming up in the next 10 days. And that's how far out they can schedule an inquiry call. Um, so that's from the vendor side of things. And if you are a vendor and you're looking to um, get HoneyBook, we would love to give you our referral code. Um, and so 
It is um, honeybook.com and then slash Eliza, that's E-L-I-Z-A, 9762348. So there's a little uh, freebie for you. You can use that referral link and that's going to give you 25% off HoneyBook um, CRM. So that's something that I would recommend if you are a vendor. And they always say if you are, you know, taking on two to three clients a month, um, you should probably have a CRM platform. Okay. Um, but if you are a client and you're looking to reach out to us and, and set something up, we would love to chat with you. Um, so definitely fill out that form. If you want to send us a message on Instagram, that's always okay too, but we will always send you back to the form. Um, so set, fill that form out, set up a call, and we can talk more about how we can take care of some of these items for you on wedding day and leading up to it. Hey, if there's ever something you want to hear in the podcast, again, shoot a message over to info at elizajaneevents.com. That's our email or send us a DM and we would be happy to discuss all the topics that you're interested in. Thanks for joining us on Champagne and Planning. I'm Eliza and I will see you next episode.